Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is The Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. And away we go, Scuttlebucks, right now, coming off a loss. Damn it, man. Feels like eons ago. It's time to play football again. That's a good thing. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Precarious time in the uh, campaign here for the Bucks, don't you think, Tom? This is a weird sort of stretch where they have to find a way to uh, to hang on for dear life and get to the latter part of the schedule with a chance to make a run because it, it's it's rough sledding right now. And in come the Green Bay Packers. You know those Thursday night games. We we talked about it before the. Uh, before the game last week, are odd games, ugly games, oftentimes uh, not the product I wouldn't think that the NFL wants to put out there. It can be compelling in that the scores are usually close and anything can happen in a Thursday night game. You and I, I think we described that game as uh, find a way to win, doesn't matter by hook Mm -hmm. or crook, it could be ugly. I don't care if you win 17, 16, 24, 21, just find a way. And at the end of the day, it looked like it was a possibility, but they lose 20 to 19. And it's heartbreaking because not only do you lose that game and now you find yourself, as I note, in a precarious spot where suddenly you begin to wonder about what are the Bucks going to look like, say, I don't know, four games from right now. What's that record going to be with the slate that they have coming up and the injuries that they've now suffered? And that's the greatest takeaway from that loss is that, unfortunately, two things reared their ugly head yet again. One, a devastating injury. It's not just that the Bucks get players hurt. They lose those guys for the freaking year. You know, this is, uh, you know, twice now in three weeks, uh, in two weeks. Vita Via, this time around, season over. I'll be honest, when I saw it, I thought, okay, twisted ankle, he'll be fine. Broken leg. Thanks for playing, Jeff. He's gone for the year. He's only arguably the best in the business at what he does in the middle of that defensive line. That hurts. Uh, and then, you know, the week before, O.J. Howard, who continued to emerge as the matchup nightmare we thought he would be when we drafted him. And coming off that big game, uh, you, you thought it's San Diego, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers, and you thought, okay, here we go. And then you find out Torn Achilles gone for the year. You couple that with some of the other nagging injuries to Mike Evans and Godwin's missed a lot of time. It's been frustrating because Tampa hasn't really been able to put together week-to-week uh, a, a complete team uh, the way that they envisioned it. Yeah, you'd think if there was going to be an injury issue, it would be with the old guys like Gronk or Brady or Dominican Sue or Levante David, but it's been the younger players that have come up lame. And uh, through no fault of their own, you're seeing soft tissue injuries across the NFL, and I think the lack of OTAs and full season training at the you know NFL facilities probably hurts a little bit in that process. We're seeing it across all sports. Um, but that was a game that just it, it followed – the Thursday night script, which is complete cluster. It was over-officiated at times. Key moments for the Bucks. Three calls could have gone their way. None of them did, and it led to a one-point loss. That's just a killer because you needed that one in your back pocket. This stretch isn't murderer's row for the Bucks, 
But the next six weeks or so will define whether or not the Bucks are looking at it, a home game in the playoffs, uh, a wild card berth in the playoffs, or they're going to be on the outside looking in. Get used to it. The Bucks are playing a lot of primetime slash national games. This weekend is America's Game of the Week on Fox. You got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman calling Bucks and Packers. The week following, they play the Raiders in Las Vegas on Sunday well, night. Well, yeah, and that's a tough game. I do think that's a tough game on the road, yes. Yes, and we'll get into the specifics as to why. The week following, it's the Giants on Monday Night Football. That's a good opponent if you're going to be playing in primetime. Got to win Giants. that game, but didn't you have the Saints and the Panthers and the Rams, and it's not And easy. the Chiefs yeah, followed yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, 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 so. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. I would have liked to have had this win last week against the Bears in our pocket because then we're in the driver's seat in the division, but now the Panthers are an interesting team. Who knows what the Saints are going to be? Who knows if Michael Thomas is going to be a part of that team moving forward? That's Let's an interesting storyline. I agree. Uh, but it's um, it's just a, a loss that pisses me off because we did some things that were dumb, but the officials did hurt us. If you're looking at it objectively speaking, with the roughing the passer call, with the false start offside towards the end of the first half. A lot of dominoes had to fall just right for the Bears to win by merely one point. They did, and that sucks. Uh, it hurts, and again, when you add to the fact that uh, they, they lose a, a prominent player, a dominant player, a game-changing player in Vita Vea, uh, it's tough. Now, Nunez Roches comes in, and you you know I like him, by the way, as a player, but he's not Vita Vea. And he's a good depth guy. I mean, yeah. he comes in, he'll give you a spark, yeah. but... You know, if you're asking him to play 70% of the snaps. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I like Rakeem, but he's not that player. And so... I if you lean more on Will Golston because he's a good run stopper. It's a tough, tough thing to figure out. Yeah, uh, brutal situation, and now you get a, a, a Packers team that is simply rolling, going again against the puck, uh, Bucks. excuse me, pass defense that has been shaky, to say the least, uh, lately. Uh, a lot of reasons for that it's been speculated about. You look... Uh, you know, the Bucks have played. This is so funny, Tom. We end up talking about this locally here in Tallahassee because we cover Florida State football, which is in a state of disarray. But one of the things that is duly noted by the fans of the program is that uh, they play soft coverage a lot on third and short, third and medium, second and short, second and medium. They're off coverage. It's just pitch and catch, a lot of free throws. The Bears got a ton of free throws. Just easy check with me at the line of scrimmage throws that um, accounted for, depending on which statistician you want to look at, statistician you want to look at, for about 100 yards of, of free yards yeah. of offense for the Bears. Uh, that that ain't going to do when you've got guys that actually excel at playing man-to-man. Now, your argument, I think your counter to me, is going to be, well, the pass rush isn't getting home, and so they're afraid to play man-to-man because anybody gets open if it takes forever to get to the quarterback. But I, I, I think they got to play more press and be, get up on guys. They actually have guys that can do that. Well, to me, the argument I'd make is this. Uh, you're blitzing so often that you're seeing safeties and slot corners line up against these backs that are flaring out of the backfield. And that's the thing that hurt us and killed us in this game. Mm-hmm. The best play we, we made against a flare-out was the first play of the second half defensively. I believe it was Levante David in it's space. It's a great play, yeah. Yeah, Devin White and Levante David covering backs out of the backfield, you're going to do great things. But when you bring them in pressures as often as we do, take a look at the key third down conversion with just under two minutes to go where Foles has a man indicator. It's a motion where he's got, uh, who is it? It's Montgomery as the running mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Who's so really good. He split left, and then he motions back to the quarterback's left or right pre-snap. And he sees that it's Winfield on Montgomery pre-snap. What does that tell you? Two things. They're in man because he's trailing him. And it also tells you that there's a pressure coming. Now, we fooled them to a degree because Barrett releases out into the left flat. But Barrett's not going to cover a wheel. He no, can't. he can't cover a wheel. He can't. So pre-snap, we're already beaten in that key situation. If you don't have David or White 
guard or playing man coverage against a tailback yeah. in space, it is pitch and catch because your safety can't get there in time. And that's the thing about our pressures. There's always going to be a counterpunch. You know, it's not always going to be like it was the first three weeks where we bring six and we're always going to get home. There's a way around that. And you saw Herbert get around it by creating time using his feet and Foles use his brain. Here's the problem. Aaron Rodgers can do either or at any time. Pressuring him is a death wish. So what the hell do we do this week? Well, they're t- they're in a, they're in a bind because pressuring him is what, well, first of all, every elite quarterback loves to operate against a blitz. Uh, they know it pre-snap. They know right where they're going with the football. And the best of the best invite the blitz. Even even average quarterbacks who diagnose well, uh, Jameis is great against the blitz. Lots of people are. And, you know, that's something that uh, in time, especially in this league, guys get good at because they face so much pressure. But we also know that it's death uh, and a slow one at that to not bring pressure and have Aaron Rodgers spend – any amount of time in the pocket uh, diagnosing. He's going to find somebody. He's already good at buying time. So you're stuck. You've got you to rely on confusion. You've got to rely on mixing and matching. You gotta, the timing of these things uh, are really what it comes down to. And I just don't know, you know if you're going to be able to outfox Aaron Rodgers, who right now is playing at a very high level and is very comfortable with what they're running. Uh, the, the hope is certainly that you can. I, I, I think offensively the Bucks need to do a better job of capitalizing on opportunities, uh, both to sustain drives, eat clock, but also keep the ball clearly out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Here's the other hope, is that the Packers are a bit of smoke and mirrors. Now, they're not going to be exposed by their schedule as a whole, but in their first four games, the Packers have played the Vikings, who were a mess for the first couple of Yeah, just of weeks. look at their defenses they've faced, right? The Lions, yeah, the Saints, who have a problem with the downfield with the penalties, which yeah. is what I'm worried about for us, But and then the Falcons. Then they get a bye week. Yeah. So what have we really learned about the Packers? Now, Aaron Rodgers is playing great. It doesn't matter that Devontae Adams is out. He's still making big throws to guys you've never heard of before. He's still great. But are they as good as they've looked, or is it a product of the opponent inflating them by 6 to 10 points over what we should expect? clearly, despite our concerns with some of what's happened uh, with the Bucs' pass defense lately, it will be the best pass defense the Packers have faced by far. Uh, This is something that I think, look, Jordan Whitehead's got to shirt up a little bit. Uh, He does a lot of things well. He hasn't been great in the passing game. Uh, but I like him. He's a plus player, a very good player. Uh, I, I think when you look at Sean Murphy Bunning, he's played well. I think he'll yeah. play well again in this game. He had one ass, sorry, playing uh, where he's playing soft. Yeah. And he gets turned around on a key throw late. But, yeah. But you know, you're not going to get mad at him for the Jimmy Graham catch. That's just no, a ridiculous no, 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 catch. No, no. That's an incompletion. I mean, that's just what's my man doing? Well, he's playing against a basketball player who makes a ridiculous back shoulder I think one arm. He, he was in coverage on the back shoulder for the Herbert throw, too. To the front pylon, I think that was uh, Murphy Bunt. Was it? Well, yeah. I actually feel like Might he's. Have been Davis. I feel like he's been pretty good on the whole. But uh, what they can't do is give up, like we talked about with Foles getting a hundred plus yards of freebies. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. you know, it was so easy. Yeah, because you've got a guy who's better at that coming into town this weekend. Yeah, those were uncontested throws. Well, that's. I mean, he's going to take that all day long. He. he it's hard enough to stop him making the ones in which you have great coverage and he yep. has pinpoint accuracy. You can't just give him freebies. I, I, I actually like this test for the Bucs. I, I, it's not ideal. I'd rather be playing a team that you could just mark it in as a win. But this would be good for them coming off the penalty fest, coming off of the adversity they faced on a Thursday night with Brady having, uh, short of anything else as a descriptor, a meltdown. Uh, okay, fine. Let's see if they respond to that because he certainly read them the riot act. You know what stinks is even though we win this game, if we do, if we do, it's a big if. 
Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Packers schedule the rest of the way. Like we needed to win that Bears game oh, in order to have a field. shot at at the bye week because there's only one oh, well, in each right. conference. I forgot about that. And I think right, that yeah. goes out the window because here's the Packers' remaining schedule after our game. Let's just say we even win that game. Mm-hmm. Texans, Vikings, Niners, which looks a little bit different now. Jags, Colts, Bears, Eagles, Lions, Panthers, Titans, Bears. I mean, come on. That's the rest of the Packers schedule. And I've already listed the teams that they played. It's the easiest damn schedule I've ever heard of. So we needed to win that game on Thursday night to have any prayer yeah, but of it, resting we, our old legs and arms. Yeah, I, I, I'll say this, given what you just laid out before for me <laughs> and, and what the Bucks still have to play with Kansas City, et cetera. We weren't going to wrestle home field in the bye away. from that schedule? Yeah, we weren't going to. I mean, that's a ridiculous schedule. I, the ones that they could lose there, you mentioned the Titans. They could certainly lose that game. Yeah. Uh, but there were a whole lot of wins. Maybe the Panthers, but no, yeah. Maybe. I mean, Jags, Actually, Lions, you know, by the way, Eagles. If you're, gonna, if you're going to uh, – yeah, Jags, Lions, Eagles, Jesus. If you're, if you're going to flip this, though, and talk about the positives of the Bucks' start to the season – a, uh, I would say that that win now over Carolina by two touchdowns, it's no longer a frustrating win. Uh, you know, you looked back at it at the time. We're like, what's going on? This is a struggling. That Carolina. was an ass kicking in the first half yeah. too. Yeah, that that Carolina team's got a little something to the party. I'm not going to be that guy who plays the shot. No, no, you thing. mentioned you liked them. But I, no, well, yes, that's true. That that was true. Mm-hmm. But without McCaffrey, it seems like they're spreading the ball around just fine with Davis and Robbie Anderson well, and Samuel. A, Davis has played really, really yes, well. He has. Though, too. he has. He's not McCaffrey, but he's played really, really well. But maybe there's no pitch count in, in yeah. the coordinator's yeah. mind, and maybe that frees up Brady moving forward. Well, let's hope the confusion follows them, and <laughs> when McCaffrey when comes, comes back, back, yeah, let's let's. How do I ratio this out? <laughs> let's let's hope that happens. Lead to Kemper, JoeBucksFan.com. The website is set to join us momentarily. Before that happens, let me remind you: Bill Curry for General Manager Sean. Sullivan is incredibly serious when it comes to his love for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their fans. He will help you personally seven days a week. Give him a call or email him, or you can visit Sean inside the beautiful Bill Curry Ford showroom one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Ask for your uh, Scuttlebucks slash Joe Bucks fan discount, and Sean Sullivan will truly do everything he can to help you at Bill Curry Ford. Everything. That's the family service. You can expect from Bill Curry Ford, and they've been honored by Ford headquarters many times for the exemplary care of customers. That's Tampa's first family at Ford for the past 60 years. Get shopping today. BillCurryFord.com. That's BillCurryFord.com. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Music tells you one thing besides, damn it, Eddie Van Halen's dead. Lena Kemper, JoeBucksFan.com, going to join us right now. That sounded solemn. I don't mean it to. Hello, Lee. How the hell are you, buddy? Yes, how you doing? Sometime off the air, I'll have to relay a story I heard about Eddie Van Halen and a comedian 
living in his guest house, sort of a Cato Kalen, but it, it's still funny. That is, okay, I want to hear this now. You've piqued my interest, sir. Uh, Bucks come off a loss in heartbreaking fashion to the Bears. Thursday night games are always difficult to stomach. They're especially difficult to stomach when you lose them and you lose yet another outstanding starter for the season due to injury. This has to stop. I mean, if you have designs on going to a Super Bowl, which is what you're trying to do when you bring Tom Brady in, you can't lose potential Pro Bowl players for the season every time somebody gets hurt. It's uh, fairly devastating, and, and obviously uh, our best wishes go out to Vita Villa. Uh, now you get Raheem Nunez-Roches, who's a good player but better as a backup than a starter, and um, the Bucks' road to the playoffs just got more difficult. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, Jeff. Thanks for having me on, as always. Uh, not only that, but, you know, he's a backup. He's a rotational guy. So you have to wonder what his stamina is to play, what, 80 snaps? Mm. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't, I, now, this Khalil Davis, who they got from Nebraska, late-round draft, they've been pretty high on him, even though they've never had him active, if I recall correctly. He's never been active yet for a game. But they've already said he's going to be in a rotation. But my first thing about uh, Roaches is, uh, you know, the nickname is Nacho. Uh, he's, you know, he's a nice reserve player. Don't get me wrong. But the stamina, he, you know, it's one thing to come in and play 20 snaps a game. It's a whole different animal to triple that amount, at least. And how will that happen in the fourth quarter? How will he hold up? I don't know. Uh, personally, you know, and you hear Troy Aikman even talking about this. Uh, Troy open quote, make a play, close quote, Aikman. Um, and if you do that as a drinking game, be careful in the fourth quarter. <laughs> the thing that irritated me so much about the Bucks, uh Thursday night was the fourth quarter meltdown. They melted down in the fourth quarter. Jason Pierre-Paul, JPP came right out and said we gave the game away. And I, I can't just agree with that. Uh, whether it was Bruce Arians going turtle, where, where this, where, what happened to Mr. Riskett, no biscuit? Uh, you know, fourth and one, you decide to kick the field goal instead of putting the game away for the touchdown. Brady forgetting what down it is. Uh, just the, the fourth quarter meltdown. It was such a frustrating game to watch because the Bucks had that game in their hand. And in combination of, of strange calls, strange elements, uh, you know, Brady losing his mind and just sloppy play. Uh, it was very, very frustrating, very irritating. And you really hope that's not a sign of what's to come because if you look at the next seven games, that's a gauntlet, guys. That's a gauntlet. And uh, I was hoping upon hope the Bucks would be 4-1 and one because if they played lousy through that gauntlet, they would probably still be 500. Um, man, that's, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think that game's going to be – we're going to remember this loss to the Bears uh, come December. I hate to say it, but I, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? I, Tom and I were just talking about the schedule. And, you know, look, you look at the NFC South, it's wide open. Uh, everybody not named the Falcons is 3-2. and two. So you're, you're all right there. They've all beaten each other. And this is going to be a battle to the end. I do believe that Carolina team is coming on. Obviously, that's a nice win for the Bucks. And looking back on it, uh, the Saints uh, found a way. And, 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 you know, I actually feel better about our chances against the Saints down the line than I do right now uh, of dealing with Carolina, I, that, that, that return matchup there. Uh, so that loss hurts, but you've got to move on, and you've still got a good sure. football team. Uh, how do you suspect they'll play? I, I want to ask you on the heels of Tom Brady – 
being critical and getting after some teammates there on the field and, and a lot of talk about the penalties and frustrations that he has. Well, that's why you bring that guy in as an unquestioned leader uh, and to hold guys to a standard. Uh, what's been the buzz uh, around One Buck Place? And, and it, it, you know, I guess in lieu of Tom Brady and uh, or on the heels of Tom Brady being very critical of, uh, of the way they played the game last Thursday. Oh, the Bucks are, you know, asking, hey, that's Tom Brady, and, you know, that's the way he is. He has high standards. And they're, the Bucks are brushing it off. I have to wonder if that's going to have some residual effect, especially if they lose the Packers. Now, it's one thing to get chewed out like Brady chewed out Jensen. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. He deserved it. And, by the way, I got a picture. I've got a, I haven't used it yet. I've got a picture of Jameis getting after Jensen juxtaposed with Brady getting after Jensen. Sure, sure. So, <laughs> uh, like I say, he, it's not like he didn't deserve it. It's not like the offensive line didn't deserve it. They were pass blocking very well. And it's one thing to get chewed out like that because, hey, it's Mr. Six Ring. You know, he, he has street cred. But then he goes out and pulls the Chris Weber, not knowing what down it is, <laughs> on the, the worst possible time, the last play of the game for the Bucks, essentially, on offense. And if you're, you're you know, I, I know it's a different game than it was 30 years ago. So the players, I have to imagine this crossed their minds, especially Jensen, especially the guys on the offensive line. Like, wait a minute, you show me up in front of my families and in front of my brothers on national TV, and then you go out and pull this, so you forget what down it is. What the heck's going on here, man? So I wonder if there's something creeping in guys' minds, like, hey, man, this ain't New England, chill out, you know, worry about your, you know, worry about, Learn how to count to four before you start cussing me out on national TV. I got to ask you this: How healthy are the Bucks going into this game? Because obviously, for the Bucks to be the team that we expected them to be consistently, they cannot have a situation like we've seen. You know, even Evans, he's been productive, especially in the red zone, but he's not a hundred percent. That is very obvious when you watch him run. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Godwin has missed all this time, and. They're just a different team when those two guys are right. Uh, that means all the complementary parts have a chance to excel because teams have to deal with the excellence of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Where are we at uh, from an injury standpoint going into this game? We'll find out in a couple hours. Uh, I know we're uh, recording this on Thursday late morning. Uh, Arians has said repeatedly all week long he hopes to find out by Thursday if Chris, if Chris Godwin's a go or not. Uh, obviously today is Thursday. Uh, we'll find out in a couple hours. So far, Godwin this week has just been uh, doing running exercises on the sidelines of practice. He's at practice in theory, but he's not participating in practice. And that's not uncommon what the Bucks do, especially guys with hamstring injuries. They will have them doing running exercises on the sidelines, on a, sec- on a secondary field, as opposed to actually participating in practice. They're there at practice but they technically aren't involved in practice. And I know a lot of fans, they get confused about that. So that, that's basically what's going on. So we'll find out later today about Godwin. Evans, I, I, maybe I'm saying this in a little bit of wishful thinking. I think they're holding him out just to play it safe, holding him out of practice. Uh, Evans is a warrior. I'm not too worried about Evans. That guy's just, I mean, he'll, he's, he's a throwback. I mean, he'll, he would go out on one leg if have to, and he'd play. And so. Uh, whether he's 100 percent or not, that's a different animal. I, I we, you know, I don't know that. Uh, I, there was clearly, like you said, you could clearly tell against the Bears. However, he was, uh, you know, he's, he's very effective in the red zone. I think he has most touchdowns in the NFL in the red zone. 
tight for first. Um, so I, I think he'll play. I don't know about 100%, but I think he'll play. Um, what's interesting to me, and maybe, you know, I hate to say this is a good thing. I don't want anybody to be hurt. But with the Packers, they've got a couple of very good young corners. I think they're third year in the NFL. Jair Alexander, Kevin mm-hmm. King, both those guys are also dinged up. So, uh, you know, if Evans is uh, not yet 100%, and let's say Godwin, if he does play, I don't think he'll be 100%. Well, the Packers secondary is exactly healthy. So uh, that kind of that kind of evens things out a little bit. Carlton Davis is a concern. Uh, I know he's guaranteed for a holding call or a, or a pass interference once a game. I can overlook that if you ball out. And so far, Davis, dating back to last end of last year, he's been balling out for the most part. So I can I can live with a penalty of a game from him as long as you're shutting guys down. It'll be an interesting game. It's weird we're doing this show, you know, uh, a good distance removed from that Bears game, so it's hard to to focus too much on what that was. It's it's the look ahead, and I look forward to uh, watching this one play out. Lee, we'll have a chance to talk again next week and and get back into a rhythm here. Be well, as always. I would invite folks to make their way over to JoeBucksFan.com to learn the latest, and uh, of course, we'll continue to tell uh, continue to tell everybody about Bill Curry Ford. Be well, sir. Talk to you soon. Hey, Jeff, thanks as always. Have a good one. All right, take care. Lita Kemper, JoeBucksFan.com, the website. Yeah, it's kind of a weird addition to the Scuttlebucks. We both would admit that. I mean, that game was a Thursday night game. It feels like eons ago, and you're just waiting to find out, are guys healthy? Are, right. we, are we where we need to be to compete in this game? Yeah, you could talk about the Brady thing and how he forgot what down it was, and I, it might be covered a little bit differently if last year's quarterback was doing it. I don't know, but that's not really – that's the icing on the cake. To me, it was – like I don't even worry about that fourth down play because I think that that was closer to fourth and two. I know what the, what the stat book would say, but we never got a clean shot – before the field goal attempt of where the ball was relative to the line to gain. That's and right. I think it was a long one to a two. You trust your defense there for crying out loud. And they got off the field. It was the roughing the passer call that changed everything about the field position. That's the and hidden it, yards of the game. And it's really aggravating, but it's not unique to our game. That's just the way that the NFL calls games these days. I think they frequently affect the integrity of football, especially defensive football. Uh, I'm not the guy that's standing in the yard with get off my lawn, hey, the game's too soft these days. But frankly, uh, it, it oftentimes is a ridiculous out for teams on third down. You see this all the time, both with the pass interference call and the roughing the passer call all across the league. They want offense. They want sustained drives. They get ticky-tacky on third down in particular all the time in this league. Yeah, that's 30, 40 yards of field position. That's a crazy difference. And what happens is, right, now the first down play call when we have it in our own territory late in the game, with a chance to ice it that's telegraphed all the way and mm. jesus if you actually were paying attention to the earlier flow of the game the left side was where we we're getting a better push on, on the run yeah. in the run we went right get stoned and that's the end of it um it, it's just man that that changes everything because if you go three and out on your own 35 or 40 yard line they're you not gonna win them. that ball game probably not you pin them yeah yeah uh, so the Brady thing is annoying, but I, I don't look at it as the pivotal moment. Well, I don't think it's, why, it's certainly not why we lost the game. But he had an outlet underneath to get a damn first down. We would have had the ball spiked with about 12 seconds to go with a chance to get 10 more yards and kick. <laughs> I mean, that sucks. Uh, more of the Scuttle Bucks when we come back. Shh. 
Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Another reminder, I want to tell you guys about this. You can get a new 2020 Ford F-150 truck, Bill Curry Ford, for up to $14,000 off. The October offers are extra special at Bill Curry Ford. Start shopping at BillCurryFord.com. Remember that Bill Curry Ford GM, Sean Sullivan, a lifelong Bucks fan. He wants to help you personally in every way that he possibly can, whether that's by phone or email or text, or you can go see him. At the modern Bill Curry Ford showroom, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium on Dale Mabry, uh, Mabry Highway. I was just there. I was. Oh, I didn't go to Bill Curry Ford. I, I I didn't have a need to. I would have if I needed a new truck. But I I was I drove right past it. Uh, hadn't been by there in a long time. It was good to see. Uh, went to that Bucks Chargers game. The Curry family cares deeply about the community and its customers, and has for the last sixty years. Bill Curry Ford is home to the nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. Get started at BillCurryFord.com. Remember to ask for the Scuttlebucks slash Joe Bucks fan discount. BillCurryFord.com. So. We talk about, and Lee just did a moment ago, the, the the gauntlet here of seven games. There's an easy one in there, but for the most part, these are all well contested. Certainly on paper, look like uh, difficult games for the Bucks. Uh, we both know that first and foremost, the Bucks are going to have to get healthy to to go through this slate and come out the other side with a uh, with a record that puts you in position to win the division uh, and, and to make the playoffs. Obviously, um, so I, I would. I would say that's my main focus. But then, Tom, you and I have talked some on the Scuttlebucks, but also off the air here about our growing concern with the pass defense. And when you do the look-aheads, obviously this game against Aaron Rodgers, but then the way the Raiders just played against the Chiefs, and you, you see some some bumps in the road potentially if that pass defense doesn't get shored up. And, you know, you talked about earlier in this show um, the reason for some of that with, uh, with, with you know, the blitz packages and not getting home and so forth. It's going to be fascinating because we both like Todd Bowles a lot. Oh, yeah. I think he's a really, really talented and good elite defensive coordinator even. He'll, he'll have answers, and he'll see the same things that we're talking about and then some. But watching that play out, it does leave us wondering what can you do at this point. Well, in the end, it shows you how close NFL games are, not just you know because we lost by one point last week, but think about it's the offside or the false start that changes everything about that and first half. And it was half. a false start, and they screwed us. They did, and we should be up, you know, whatever that be, 16 to nothing, 20 to nothing at half uh, because I think we're going to go down drive and score some points if we get the stop there. It'll be third and 16. They're not going to keep the ball. Instead, they rattle off two scores basically inside the two-minute warning. Changes the entire game. Changes the complexion of the game. You play to a draw in the second half. It was a one-point game at half. and ends up being 2019. So it's not like the Bucks' defense was poor. It's just getting a little bit predictable, especially when you're not going to get home. And the flare-outs are the one concern, but then the over-the-top throws are the other concern, and that's where Justin Herbert beat us a couple of times two weeks ago. It's where Aaron Rodgers can beat us. And if you didn't notice... One of the upsets of the weekend last week was Raiders over Chiefs, and that was at Arrowhead. Henry Ruggs over the top. He had like two catches for 100-plus yards, one of which was a 70-yard bomb. I just There are some opponents coming up in the future here, uh, the Packers, 
the Raiders, the Panthers can downfield with Samuel and Robbie Anderson. Of course, the Rams and the Chiefs can as well. We're going to see if we are exposed <laughs> yeah. as a lesser than defense or a flawed defense, or if we're the real deal and it's just, you know. It's a league of offense, first of all. A lot of teams, even the really good defensive teams, give up big plays. And I think we're going to be susceptible to that because the entirety of the league seems to be uh, with the way the rules are and how games are called. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're fundamentally flawed. That's what we're going to find out. Yeah, if you blitz all the time, there are going to be things that you can scout ahead of time and say, all right, here's my hot. You know, here, here's the quick read. And we've got to make it a little bit more difficult that if the quarterback, and namely Rodgers this weekend, is going to be able to flare it out to the outside to either a receiver or a running back because he knows what's coming before we know what we're calling. And good quarterbacks can do that like Keekley used to on the other side of the ball. You've got to close that gap quickly. You've got to make that second and eight and not second and three because if it's second and three, Rodgers has a free down to do whatever the hell he wants. It's not going to matter because if, even if it's third and three, he's going to convert it. So th there's, there's, there's the cleanup of the pass defense, and then there's the cleanup of the penalties and the problems on offense. Some of the problems on offense, again, stem from, I think, the inconsistency of lineup. You've got injuries galore. And, but, you know, I would say that on the whole, Tom Brady is playing well. And he's done it with a, a, a mash unit at times. So my excitement is that if you if you tend to give up some big plays, maybe on the other side as we're describing, I don't think the offense has reached its potential yet. Um, we, we talk about what Brady's on pace for. Well, he's on pace for one heck of a year. Um, you know, you, you go ahead and extrapolate out what he's done so far. He's going to have a season in which he throws for over 4,000 yards and 38 touchdowns, Tom. I mean, I, I doubt that happens, but if he does that, obviously that's an elite season, period. Yeah. So he, he's doing what you brought him in to do. He puts you in a position to sustain drives because he very seldomly um, ignores – uh, down in distance concerns. He gets you into third and manageable. He gets you into second and manageable by the decisions that he makes consistently. And that's something that has really stood out that he does infinitely better than Jameis did. Well, and here's the other thing, too. When you look at that short week and you're going against Bosa followed by Mack and those two defensive lines, I know the Chargers aren't at the level of the Bears when you're talking across four. But top end wise, mm -hmm. that's a lot to ask for a worse than Donovan Smith because more teams are going to pick on Donovan Smith week to week. But you're not going to see a back-to-back -back like that again. Like I'm just going down the schedule. It's not there. No, it's that not That was the worst stretch right, we're going right, to face. Right. And one thing that Lee wanted to list this week but ran out of time, he sent me the text. Uh, Football Outsiders says the Bucks, when it comes to interior blocking, number one in the league. That's important because there's another facet to this offense. Everybody wants to focus on Brady. But guess what? Ronald Jones is playing pretty well. He's running pretty hard. And if Fournette's healthy, that's great. It only adds to the weaponry. But if he's not... Rojo is fine as your one as long as you're not throwing to him. So when you're talking Woo! about what this offensive line looks like moving forward and the problems that Donovan Smith had, the killer sack that happened in like .5 seconds when we've got essentially a first and goal, and that's the one where Brady looks at Donovan like, you've got to be you kidding me. you got to be kidding me, right? He's not looking at Mac. I know no. everybody framed that as he's pissed and he's looking at Mac like, you're so great. No, he's looking at Donovan saying, that's awful. Are you kidding me? You can't possibly get beat that quickly, yes. You can't because we've got to score. We've got a touchdown and that's going to be the difference in the game. If you're looking at, at what this offensive line has done so far, it's exceeded expectations, especially at right tackle. It's well, gotten better in the interior, yep. and the challenges aren't as stout in a back-to-back -back fashion as they just were. No, Marpet, Jensen, Kappa, all playing well. Wirfs is a candidate for Rookie of the Year. I actually don't think he played that poorly against the Bears, given no. the matchup and on the heels of facing Bosa. Uh, I thought he played very well. Donovan Smith is who he is, serviceable at best. Uh, but you've got another great blocker in, in Rob Gronkowski. 
Gronkowski. So you really are in good position there along the offensive line, and you're adequate at running back. I'd like to get Fournette back, but you're adequate at running back right now. Uh, the inconsistencies stem from the injuries at tight end and wide receiver. You've got to get back to where you can roll out a group of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans every week, uh, Scotty Miller, uh, you know, Justin Watson is who he is. But, you know, so that's yeah. that's you got to have that core group. Yeah, because you can play verts at that point. Mm -hmm. You can stretch with Scotty, which is we, we know they like to do that, and Brady likes to throw it. Um, that takes away from the pain of losing O.J. Howard when you have all those guys across the board because you're still going to open up things underneath. And again, if that running game is consistent enough, and that's the thing I look at this week, is you don't want to capitulate before you start against an offense like the Packers. But if you can play ball control a little bit and Ronald Jones can get downhill a little bit, this Packers defense hasn't faced an offensive line like us. They haven't. The Falcons didn't stick to it. The Falcons were trying to throw it all over the, the lot to Zacchaeus and others on Monday night. I, and, and I'm just looking at what the Packers have faced so far, and this is a great fact-finding mission. Their schedule is so easy, as we mentioned in the first segment, that you're not probably not going to catch them anyway. But well, who have they played? And maybe, just maybe, in the third quarter of this game, we're looking at, around and we're saying, hey, we're the more battle-tested of the two. Maybe we're actually better than we feel we are. Maybe this is a bit of an overreaction to a Thursday night loss. Well, it could. It, it, you know what? I thought that after the game. Uh, the, the Bears game made me mad because of how it ended, because of the way the half ended, the way the game ended, the, the problems with some of the mistakes that were made, whether it be by Brady or Jensen or whoever you want to talk about. But I did kind of shut off that TV, stroll back to the back bedroom, lay my head on that pillow and think, you know, don't overreact. They're three and two. They're lots, there's a lot of good here. They haven't been completely healthy. It was a, a, a messy Thursday night contest, which they frequently are. Let's find out what they are in, in the next two to three games and then get a better handle on it. And let's let them get healthy. I, I, again, I don't want to overreact to this game. The Bears are four and one. Now, I understand they needed a couple of miracles in there, but they got them, and there's enough good personnel on that defense that that's not a game that you just say, oh, that's an automatic win. It's not like they went and played a game against a team that should have been an automatic. Uh, that, that game felt like a toss-up going into it. It turned out to be a toss-up. Okay, you lost that game. You made some mistakes. We've got to clean up on the penalties, especially it, it's not the amount of penalties. It's, it's when they occur. And I think that's why Brady was so mad with the Jensen stuff, which, you know, again, he gets penalties by reputation sometimes. There was the headbutt that's not a headbutt. Yeah. That's just a ridiculous flag. But that's based on his past. That's who he is. And on the one hand, you love to have an intimidator. You love a guy that has your back as a quarterback. Uh, Brady should, you know, keep that in mind. I mean, Jensen will fight you in two seconds if he thinks you've crossed a line. He'll do that for any of his teammates. So you like guys like that. It's just timing, man. you got to know when yeah. that can happen and when that can simply not happen. Yeah, that's um, something that Bruce said this week that I, I agreed with, uh, stop the presses, but he said, you know, certain players have reputations, and it's not teams, but players. And Ryan Jensen does. I mean, th they look at the film. Last year on a Thursday night, we played the Panthers, and he got Gerald McCoy to retaliate, and a huge 15-yard flag in the course of that game, yeah. and we're all clapping for Jensen. Two sides to the same coin. It's going to happen, even though it wasn't deserved. I think that's a ridiculous call. It is. But if you're going to be in the middle of post-whistle scrums, and every time we have one on offense, it's always the center. It's nobody else. Like, we're talking about the trenches. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's Mike Evans because he's mad that he's being shut down. But, like, if you're talking about the hog mollies, it's always Jensen. Officials know that. That gets around. So anytime it's close, 
you're putting yourself in a dangerous spot. Rather have him than not have him. We haven't had an intimidator in a long time. We haven't had a guy to play dirty in a long time. We haven't had a guy that pushes it to the margins. I like that you got a guy that you can trust that's going to go to battle for you every week and get a little nasty if he needs to. He cares. Okay, I can live with that. Hey, you said you mentioned uh, a moment ago, or you mentioned a, a moment ago, that you agreed with something Bruce Arians said. Here's audio in which I agree with Bruce Arians. Not entirely. I'll take issue with one part of his comment, but he's asked a question about drops, uh, uh, statistically, the Bucks lead the league in drops, or right there close to it. Uh, here, here's the question, and here's his answer. Hey, Bruce, uh, drops are, are an unofficial statistic, uh, but there are a lot of national football stat websites out there that have the Bucks leading the league in drop passes this year. The living legend like Tom Brady throwing your backs, tight ends, and receivers the ball. Are you surprised there hasn't been more accountability among your players in catching more passes? I don't know who the hell makes up these stats. Uh, I don't see us dropping the ball that much. We had a game where we did, but uh, I don't put any stock in it. Our guys can catch, and we don't say it about it. All right, a couple things here. Uh, listen, they're not making up the stats, Bruce. It's not a conspiracy. Uh, they're not trying to screw anybody by telling you how many drops a player has or a team has. Uh, most of these websites uh, – need credibility in order to continue to function because there is a sea of people that cover football on the world wide web <laughs> so and people not, who gamble on it and yeah play fantasy. that's right they're yes. not trying to make up stats about drops however your point is a valid one and that is there was one game where the bucks dropped an inordinate amount of passes in particular a certain running back who when he's not dropping passes has played adequately as tom just described but Ronald Jones can't catch, and we need to stop throwing him the football because when he does catch it, it's an adventure. Uh, it's usually some sort of bobbly, did he have that, I'm not real sure moment. And then oftentimes he just straight up drops it. It's just not an element of his game that is strong. And I believe it was the Carolina game where he dropped, was it three passes? Could have been, yeah. I think it was the Carolina game he dropped three, maybe four I passes. thought I saw some hats on the field. Yeah, there, there's, I mean, my God, my man can drop a pass. And there were two other drops in that game. So if you lead the league in drops and that number is somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 or 15 and six or seven of them were in one game, fair point, Bruce. Bad day at the office. Yeah. Um, I don't know that if I was working the beat, I'd, I'd call somebody the living legend in a question. That's just kind of dumb. But uh, I'm not Jimmy Hart. So maybe Jimmy Hart was asking the questions and he was being a hype man. The one thing I would say, though, I don't know how drops are categorized on these sites specifically. But let's just say it's Brady leading somebody over the middle and they get wrecked, which has happened a lot this year. Does that go down as a drop? Because we need to eliminate those. Brady, it, these aren't fourth down and you got to have it situations with the game on the line. Three times this year he's led somebody into uh, a suicidal Death. area of the field. And, and I, I don't know that he feels all that bad about it with certain guys. He didn't give a damn for Keyshawn Vaughn. No. Because he was pissed that Keyshawn dropped the one along the sidelines. That's the catch fumble. That ruling was stupid. I, we disagree on it because they called it an incomplete pass on the field, and that's how uh, Chicago scored their second touchdown. But he was still pissed about the drop on second down rather than the check down on third down, and he didn't give a damn that if Keyshawn Vaughn broke all of his ribs and, and collapsed lungs and died on the field, he was pissed about the second down play. He did it against Sandy. Uh, excuse me. I did it twice in the same show, the Los Angeles Chargers as well mm -hmm. for a less significant player. But, yes, that, that, that happened there too where we went, well. And they cut to Brady on the bench. He goes, catch the damn ball. Well, all right. Okay, I'm kind of with him. <laughs> I kind of feel like Tom's got some sociopath in him where he's like, well, guess what's going to happen now? 
I could throw this at your feet, but I'm gonna put it at your chest. But we got we got um, unfortunately we lost the game because of it. Maybe because yeah. it's a one point game. Win loss. What you got? Let's sign off and uh, tell the people what we Aye. think. I feel like it's either a close win or a blowout loss. How does that sit with you? I'm really torn on the game. I, I, I've made a case in my mind all week for the uh, Packers to win the game by a couple scores, and then I you know, I second-guess myself and say, what's wrong with you, man? This will be the best, best pass defense that Aaron Rodgers has faced this year. Uh, I do think if the Bucks are getting somewhere – Godwin, really, this is – I'll say this. If Godwin plays, the Bucks are in it with a chance to win it in the fourth. If he doesn't, they don't – they're not – they got no chance to win. Aaron Jones is somebody we haven't talked about all broadcast, and he's going to be a big factor in this game because he's able to run for whatever he wants so far. Mm -hmm. And let's see without Vita in the lineup if that continues to be the case. <sighs> and now you're making my case for the Packers again. <laughs> well, we'll watch. NFL is an unpredictable land and a fun place uh, to venture. We'll do so Sunday afternoon late. We yep. get the, mm -hmm. everybody in the nation kind of tuning in for the old Tom Brady-Aaron Rodgers matchup. It's cool to be part of something so high profile. Hopefully the Bucks show well. As always, we thank you. We thank Lita Kemper. We thank Bill Curry Ford. And uh, good work, Tom Lang. I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Bucks. We'll talk to you next time on the Scuttlebucks. Bucks.